Hello everyone, I'm Captain Logan and this is Superhero Rewind. I usually look at these movies with a very critical eye, and I try to ask the big questions. Who is the protagonist? Why does the protagonist feel the need to be a superhero? Is the protagonist sympathetic? Why does the antagonist do antagonistic things, and is his reason for taking a dark path in life believable? Is there any subtext in the story? Is it cleverly weaving real-world ideas in the fantasy it creates? What are the themes? What is its message? But this is Power Rangers, so those questions can be answered in under a minute. Number one, the movie's theme is good versus evil. Teens in colorful costumes are good. Ugly monsters who want to take over and or destroy the world are evil. Number two, the protagonists are the Power Rangers. Their name is in the title, and therefore they're awesome. They feel the need to be superheroes because a big head in a tube told them to. Number three, the antagonist is Ivan Ooze. He's evil because he's made out of ooze. If you were made out of ooze, you'd be evil too. He had the chance to be good. He was born this way. After all, if you're stuck in an egg for 6,000 years, someone lets you out and you immediately start doing all the same crap that got you stuck in the egg in the first place, you must have been born that way. Otherwise, you're just an idiot. Number four, the film's message is plainly stated by Tommy toward the end of the film when he tells the other rangers, remember what we learned? With the great power, anything is possible. You heard it here first, kids. This film's important lesson is that all you have to do is fly to some fake planet called Phaedos, go on a hiking trip, beat up some monsters, find your spirit animal, pretend to be a ninja, take this power source that is vaguely described as being great and powerful, and then anything is possible. Obviously, no one's going to write a book about the psychology of Power Rangers. This movie isn't trying to make any insightful points or observations, but just in case... Let's see if they maybe snuck a real-world message in there accidentally. The lesson the Power Rangers learn is that if you have this great power, anything is possible. Now, if you try to find something deeper in that, it gets a little scary. It might be saying, you need a massive amount of power to do anything worthwhile. We live in a world that doesn't have morphers and zords and heads and tubes, so that leaves the power of money. So yeah, obviously Ivanus is evil and the Power Rangers are good. They both only want unlimited power. Now, you could always argue that there's this kid who single-handedly saves all the parents from killing themselves, and he didn't have any powers. But in the final scene, Tommy tells him someday he might become a ranger, as if this might qualify him for power. But he's still just a little nothing kid because he doesn't have power. But it's dangerous to look for things in a story that aren't there. Otherwise, you can claim writers are saying all kinds of things they didn't mean to say. Speaking of, what should we make out of Ivan Ooze's plan to enslave the parents of Angel Grove? He makes a bunch of very professional-looking packages and gives his ooze out to all the kids. He says, take it home in boxes, take it home in cases. If your parents try to stop you, just throw it in their faces. And what kid can resist an adult telling him to play with something his parents wouldn't approve of? Of course, this plan works. The ooze gets into all the homes of Angel Grove, and the kids' parents turn into mindless drones to help ooze dig up his giant robots. Wow. If I didn't know better, I'd say this was an anti-corporate American message. Mass production using underhanded and amoral tactics to appeal to children and turning their parents into zombies by making everyone want exactly the same things. This seems nearly intentional. I'd almost say it was clever, considering the zombie parents all nearly throw themselves off a cliff to their doom because Ivan News, representing mass consumerism, told them to. 
But the problem with all of that is, this is Power Rangers. Mass consumerism at its finest. This movie exists first and foremost to sell toys to parents whose kids tell them they have to have them. So is this an intended social message, hidden in a movie no one ever figured would have anything beyond giant robots and evil space aliens? Or is it just an awkward coincidence? Now, it would be unfair to expect character arcs for the Six Rangers, considering the character development in the series was often superficial at best. But I do want to point out something interesting. Let's compare the Power Rangers to the Ninja Turtles for a second. Leonardo has leadership qualifications, but he's also very uptight and often has a no-nonsense attitude about everything. Raphael is short-tempered, defiant, antisocial. Michelangelo is laid-back, goes with the flow, never looks more than a few minutes ahead. And Donatello is an intellectual. He looks for problems to solve. He's patient, and he's analytical. Each has his strengths and weaknesses, and that lets the characters play off each other in interesting ways. Now let's look at the Power Rangers. The first season did perhaps a better job of at least giving each of the Rangers a different interest. Zack was a hip-hop dancer. Kimberly was a gymnast. But when Rocky, Tanya, and Adam were brought in, the only real interest we got about any of them was martial arts. And they all have to be into martial arts because they're Power Rangers. I can't really tell you any specific differences between any of these six protagonists beyond what I can gather from the actors playing them. Adam looks more reserved than Rocky, but that trait never really plays into the story, so I can't tell. Kimberly and Tommy look like they might be dating. He puts his arm over her shoulder every so often, but I'm not sure. Tommy has leadership skills, I guess, only because the script says he does, so I don't expect much, but it'd be nice to get something. Teamwork is supposed to be a big thing in this movie, but it isn't really there. The Ninja Turtles are stronger as a team because each has strengths the others don't have. These characters are stronger as a team because the script says they are, and because they're using really inefficient technology. Every time they fight something, they only win when all six of them are standing in one place. That's not teamwork. If there's a huge raging fire that's six blocks long, the firefighters shouldn't all stand in one place and knock them out one block at a time. They should probably split up. So toward the end, after they've found their great power and they're in the new Megazord, Tommy Zord gets hit and they can't complete the full Megazord sequence. The other five battle Ivan Ooze's giant robots and get completely creamed. They look like they're down for the count. Billy even says, all systems are offline. That doesn't sound good. So Tommy, somehow, off-screen, fixes his busted Zord, then saves some kids, and then he docks with the Megazord, and suddenly they're at full power. And it doesn't take long before they save the day. This doesn't tell me all six have to work together to accomplish something. This tells me the other Rangers are completely incompetent without Tommy. I love how this movie is always stretching for time, trying desperately to film 90 minutes. The first eight minutes of the film is nothing but the Rangers parachuting and rollerblading, which tells us the very important information that the Power Rangers are athletic. Every time the Rangers walk somewhere, the scene doesn't end until every last one of them is walked off frame. I'm thinking there isn't much for the Rangers to do because they're not really movie actors, and so the writers are afraid to let them do much acting. The trouble is they also wrote a story in which the Rangers lose their powers and aren't wearing their costumes through most of the movie, so we have to see their faces while they're also not doing much acting. By the way, this great power is supposedly so hard to get that everyone who has tried has died. It's heavily guarded, as long as you think a few bad CGI dinosaurs and a couple monsters counts as heavily guarded. And the only reason the rangers get the power is because the woman protecting it heard they know Zordon, and she gave them powers that are necessary to get the great power. 
Not kidding. You have to already be connected to these spirit animals before you can get the power. And the only thing connecting each ranger to his or her spirit animal is this Dulcia chick handing them out like elementary school participation awards. I gotta say, though, Dulcia is at least more fun to look at than Ninjor, her counterpart in the series, who flies on a giant rock and sounds just like Marvin the Martian. I like Ivanus. He reminds me a little of Robert England, Freddy from the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Unlike the Rangers, he has a personality. He's not well-developed, but he's fun to watch. Now, at first, he looks like he might be more competent than Zed and Rita, and then he starts making the same mistakes. Now, you can't just make his monsters grow like Rita and Zed do. He has to dig them up from underground. Okay, fine. But the problem is, he seems to have an unlimited supply of ooze, and he grows several stories tall to fit in one of his giant robots. I don't know why he can't just grow himself really tall in the first place, or just create a huge ooze monster. Why does he need these big robots? Rita and Zed's ultimate plans were always kind of secondary, because they spent every episode trying to destroy the Power Rangers. It was kind of like, we'll kill them first, and then we'll start thinking about our evil plot later. But ooze tries both at once, and it's confusing. Toward the beginning, he says, taking over the world is one thing, but finding someone to run it for you, that's the hard part. So he enslaves the parents of Angel Grove. But he doesn't actually have them run things for him, he just turns them into zombies. And he even calls them zombies, so they can dig up his robots. He constantly complains that they're too slow and they're boring. So why'd you turn them into zombies? Why not enslave them in such a way where they have work ethic and amusing anecdotes? Later, he doesn't need them anymore, so he tells them to leap to their doom. Okay, so who's gonna run the world for you now? Oh wait, now he doesn't want to rule the world, because he says, Today we'll annihilate Angel Grove, and tomorrow the universe. Now I've never understood this goal. It's like saying, I'm going to eat every pie in the world. It sounds impressive if you can pull it off, but that doesn't make it a good idea. As the Kingpin once said, the destruction of the planet is bad for business. Ooze doesn't seem too worried about the rangers getting the great power. All he does is send a bunch of birds to kill them. When that doesn't work, he doesn't try anything else. Then when they come back wearing their costumes, he's surprised. I wonder what he could have done to stop them. I know! Instead of throwing Lord Zed in a snow globe, Lord Zed being the second most powerful evil warlord next to yourself, just send them off to Phaedos and Serpentera to kill the rangers. The Zords and the Megazord look pretty bad. Looking back on them now, considering they used a mix of CG and miniatures, but that the Zords are almost always in CG, it probably would have looked better if, like in the series, it was all done with miniatures. I'm going to give Power Rangers a 1.5 out of 4. I'm grading it that way as an adult looking back on it and seeing that even for Power Rangers, there's not enough here. And since it isn't canon, it doesn't get to add anything to the mythos. As a kid, I loved this movie. The updated special effects and higher budget for costumes and props was enough to suck me in. Sadly, I had to grow up and develop critical thinking skills. Bye -bye.